And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. We're a day late, Matt, but not a dollar short. In fact, for the first time ever, for the first time in over 200 episodes, it's a big special auspicious occasion because we are coming from not one, but two places on the internet. We are. We, I, I uh, bit the bullet and got uh, Streamlabs, uh, which means uh, we can now stream on multiple services. So we're seeing it on YouTube yeah. and Twitch. And I can, we can stream to like Facebook and TikToks yeah. and all of that shit as well. Matt has clearly been having a lot of fun experimenting <laughs> with uh, this because, as you can see, he's completely redone the whole aesthetic for the show. And it looks really good, actually. I'm probably going to keep playing with it because I just keep finding little like, oh, this looks good. Oh, this looks good. Oh, this looks good. This is this is the mystique stage of the show where we're going to keep transforming <laughs> and changing and becoming. <laughs> it, it looks really good. I like the logo. And in fact, you were telling me this actually comes with like a stream store and everything, too. So that's it, pretty it does, cool. It's good you reminded me. I, I wanted to bring that up to actual people uh, on here because I want to put the link in the description. There's like uh, with Streamlabs, they have their own merch store and it's it's actually run quite well in that yeah you just like upload your stuff and then you can choose the price for which it's set and depending on the price it depends on like what your cut is and everything yeah yeah um so like yeah last night i was just like going ham on it and just like uh putting mer random merch up with our logo and i'm going to do more designs <laughs> up a little later on but um yeah that we've got like uh coffee cups shirts uh i think some mouse pads tote bags cool Lots of cool yeah, cause stuff. Yeah, because whenever I heard stuff like that, I always thought like, oh, it's going to be like Redbubble. It's going to be like Tee Public, where it's like it's good, but not great. But I've seen what you've thrown together already, and I'm like, oh, cool. This is stuff that like I would actively buy myself and take to a convention. Yeah, well, like the um, how they go, how you go about like uploading the stuff. It gives you so much options, and like, where do you want it placed on the item? Like, do you want like mm. an extra embroidery on the on the thing? And that is huge. what colors do you want? That's super huge. None of those other places give you that option. So yeah, actually, actually, kind of worth it. But uh, yeah, thank you everyone for coming and joining us. I know we didn't do a show last week. Uh, I swear Matt and this fan base is super awesome. When I'm like, man, I don't want to work Sunday night. I want to watch AEW and eat chicken wings. And everyone's like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, everyone everyone kind of agreed with that. They're like, thanks for uh, not making us choose, Joel, between watching the pay-per-view ourselves and having to watch you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's what I did with uh, my night, and that's what my week was kind of building up to. What about you, Matt? What have you been up to? Uh, not all that much. I, I finished up uh, the Mass Effect trilogy, uh, the Legendary ah. Edition. I just finished Mass Effect 3. I just started. I just got that for myself the other night, and I was actually filming myself recording it for a whole other project. But man... Going back to Mass Effect 1 is a trip, because I never played it the first time. It is yeah. like a whole other game. It's pretty good, and yeah, it's a product of its time, though. Mm. There is, there's some jank on there. Like, there's not... You, you always know in a shooter where it's like, okay, do I get, like, good reaction? Do I get, like, good haptic feedback for my bullets? You don't really get that there. It's all <laughs> a little weird and a little floaty. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God the storytelling and the characters and the voice acting are still there. Oh, across all three games, like, the storytelling is just one some of the best RPGs I've ever played. It is, and I'm glad so many people are going back and playing it for the first time, and a lot of people reevaluating it and touching it again since, like, the first time since 3. Because, obviously, mm -hmm. Mass Effect 3 was, like, a big 
big, like, you know, friggin' blow up from the fan community. Like, it wasn't the ending we wanted. And I'm like, I thought it was fine. Yeah, I I, I could see why they were angry at it, because they wanted probably something a bit bigger. Uh, but mm. yeah, I quite enjoyed what they did with the with the endings of uh, number three and like what you could choose. I know, I think that this one had the, because they did like an extended cut. Yes, they did. And I, I'm pretty sure this is what this version of number three is in this uh, enhanced edition. I do believe I heard that too. Also, it's not Andromeda, which everyone forgets Andromeda. Ex- I forgot Andromeda Good. existed. Good. <laughs> and Bioware wants you to forget too, because they're kind of like, uh, that's a mulligan. That didn't happen. Yeah, We're making what, another mess. It's, yeah, it's why they're coming out with another Mass Effect, and it's going back to like Shepard's story and everything. Yeah, we're making another one in the future at some point. <laughs> and it's funny, they're doing that and a new Dragon Age at the same time. I really I really want them to do uh the first three Dragon Ages, uh Dragon Age one, two and Inquisition. Mm. Uh it like what they did with this legendary edition. If they could do that, I would go back because I haven't played number one and two since they were new. I I played one and two in the lead up to dragon age inquisition because i knew everyone was so stoked on it and everything and that was like one of the first real things i played from start to finish on a computer and everything yep. so that was pretty fun for me and i know a lot of people don't like two as much as they like one i don't mind two actually i thought two had a lot of fun characters in it. and again you can see the mass effectization where it's like oh well hawk will just be our shepherd yeah oh yeah you can absolutely see like where they've taken the stories for like the original mass effect and changed them and just added in these new characters it's like this is a shepherd this is your garris this yeah, is your liara <laughs> Yeah, that, that's totally how... They, I wonder if they're going to do the same thing, because it seems like they're making a new Mass Effect and a new Dragon Age pretty close together. Well, the new Mass Effect looks to be a continuation of the story from Mass Effect 3, because in the in the trailer thing we got, uh, I'm fairly certain Liara is in it. Yeah, yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, I wonder how they're going to do that. Yeah. I guess we'll have to wait and see, but uh, believe it or not, everyone... This is a comic book show, and we do actually have some comic book news, some fairly big comic book news, too. We do, yeah. Uh, Yeah, a lot of solicitations dropped, a lot of other things uh, dropped, and also, hey, we got a big trailer for The Eternals. We did, yeah. How about that trailer, Matt? was not what I was expecting. I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't that. Yeah, it was completely different. Like, well, you compare it to, like, um like the shang chi trailer which we got recently as well mm. and how that was like quite full of action and everything like you, what you'd usually see in like a marvel trailer but yeah this one yeah. was like completely different i i dare say they almost try to sell you on like an art house version mm-hmm. of a superhero movie where it's like oh everything's kind of desaturated and like oh we're seeing all these civilizations and there's a little like 2001 a space odyssey but now like the monolith is flying towards people and everything i'm like oh wow they they're really selling a different type of movie here aren't they yeah yeah it's, I was not expecting that. I assumed they were going to go full Guardians of the Galaxy, where it's like, how can we make the most fun version of this? Yeah, I, I guess like we, we've got that already with the Guardians, so they want to do like the True. opposite of that and have that, that like that's like the Guardians is like their space comedy stuff, whereas this is more serious uh, sci-fi. I am, I am, again, endlessly reminded of Highlander and mm-hmm. also reminded, too, that the Highlanders were also aliens. That was also how they explained that. We don't that. talk about so, the second Highlander film. We don't talk about the quickening, but what if we did it, but it was good? <laughs> <laughs> 
seems to be the thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, all, all the different actors and performers here look like a million bucks, don't they? Yeah, they look great. Yeah, we see Jon Snow for a minute there. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, again, I don't know if they've fully explained yet. Is Black Knight going to be an Eternal in this, or is Black Knight just a guy with a magic sword? Yeah, I, I would have to say... I'd, I'd like him if he wasn't, just because then it's like, oh, he's just another Eternal. Yeah, yeah again, if he's... something it, different. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be crazy if he's the POV character in Eternals, and he falls in love, obviously, with the woman he falls in love with, and he sees their kind of society and how they work through, uh, you know, the eyes of an outsider? That would be kind of interesting. I think that's where the movie's going, because I, I think, she, like, he's, like, uh, in a relationship with Cersei, I think it is. Yeah. And then, yeah, obviously, Cersei and Icarus have a relationship anyway, so I guess there's probably some sort of triangle love triangle thing going on there or something gotta, gotta have a live triangle uh i like the kid they got playing sprite there because obviously sprite in the comics has been male has been female <laughs> and is the eternal who is cursed to be a child for some reason by the celestials yep <laughs> that's that's my favorite sort of cosmic god bullshit with like and you will be a child forever why because for reasons we thought it would be funny <laughs> so take that for kid that's why literally for the lulls also too you know you, you gotta wonder how close they're gonna hem to the eternal stories that everyone knows uh we saw what is it the celestials in uh the concept art for this didn't we uh yeah yeah we uh we i we saw the uh the big one oh, what's his name the big main main yeah, celestial yeah. i can't remember what their names are are we are we thinking that they're going to be like there in a flashback, or are we think if they're going to be like the straight up villains for this? Because we haven't seen much on the Deviant so far, and those are really like the only Eternal bad guys. Well, I I would think they might be doing it like how the com the current comic run is in that uh, the Eternals come back, the the uh, Celestials are all gone. So what do the Eternals do? Whose sole job was mm. to protect the Celestials? What do they do now? And there's nothing to protect. That's true, and that way you could have them fight each other too. Who's a uh, who, who, who's the one, the king of fire and nightmares, a Droog, Druid, Druid, whatever the hell? Yes, yeah, Droog, because he's sometimes a bad guy too, right? He sometimes goes against them, so I could definitely see that being like a schism between the Eternals. He wants to lead them in one direction, but Akaris wants to lead them to another. Yes, uh, thank you to from a Carter four ninety nine. Uh, welcome to YouTube Live. Keep up the good work. Thank you. It's a long time coming. <laughs> Yes, thank you for the welcome. You are our first, uh, what is it, YouTube donation to the show. Everyone, be sure to write that down on the TV Tropes page in the wiki that A. Carter was first. <laughs> Add it to the Wikipedia. Add it to the Wikipedia when we get it. Yes, you didn't know that Matt and I exist in the Star it's, Wars universe, but we do. It's canon to 13ABY. Yep. You, you know how you got jizz whalers who do music? <laughs> well, we are jizz casters is what we are. <laughs> Just out here casting the jizz all day, every day. <laughs> also, yeah, the chap bring up uh, Selma Hayek as a, kind of a, a redone version of Ajax, or yeah, Ajax, looks, I guess. looks great. I like they added, yeah. I don't know whether it was in, in Eternals lore before, but in the recent run, they added in the fact that like when Eternals are reborn, they can choose their form. So it's like, yeah, you can, she, this form, she's Selma Hayek, and, you know, 20 years down the line, if they want to do another film or something, it could be someone else. 
that's the perfect out for where it's like, look, if you're Eternals anyway and you're in a constant circle of death and rebirth, why can't you be anyone you mm -hmm. want? Why can't we go a little more international and colorblind uh, with the casting? And I think the best version of that is, of course, Kumel Nanjiani, who gets to be, instead of a Hollywood movie star, which he was in the comics, yep. now he's a Bollywood superstar. Yep, Kingo is a Bollywood star. Which is actually pretty friggin' clever, and we see that there actually looks to be, like, a big Bollywood dance number in it's there. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, I'm like, alright, maybe this will shut up the people like, oh, all Marvel movies are the same, they all do the same thing. Well, that one had a Bollywood dance number in it, so... <laughs> Ain't never seen that one before, just so you know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Eternals looks interesting. I know some people complained about the costumes. But, oh, the costumes aren't bright enough, which again, I'm reminded of Guardians of the Galaxy. And it's like, yeah, you all complained the costumes weren't bright enough there. And then you saw the movie and you didn't care anymore. Yeah, I, I think they look fine. I don't have a huge problem with them. I know people are very protective of their Kirby art, and especially after something like uh, Thor Ragnarok, where that mm. one was just a pastel Technicolor, yeah, yeah. you know, orgy for the eyes. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, There's I'm also nothing to say we're not going to get any of that in here. The, True this enough, could be like it's... one of those things where it's like this is the Eternals like like modernizing themselves, whereas mm. they had the Kirby costumes, but in the past exactly there's no there's nothing that says you won't get there eventually or you won't get some sort of you know uh what is it uh reference <laughs> to that in some form which i think they will i mean come on this is marvel they always do shit like oh, that yeah. eventually oh yeah where it's like you know maybe maybe all the stuff we saw is like no these are the eternals you know down on their luck and everything but you know they want to bring back the color and the light <laughs> icarus wants to get his long hair back He's got to get the long hair back. Yeah, he does. Good uh, good musical choice, too. Again, Marvel always with the needle drops here. I would not have thought it's the end of the world, but it's actually a solid choice because it's like, yeah, when you're eternal, the end of the world never comes. Mm -hmm. Or you do see the end of the world, but it doesn't matter because you're just going to be reborn yeah, every you time. You see the end of the world, but for everyone else, not yourself. Which is a very interesting and very melancholy take on it, which is why it's a sad song. Because, yeah, it's, again, to bring back Highlander, who wants to live forever, who wants to love forever? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds really tedious. And, uh, of course, I guess the other big thing about this trailer, we would be remiss to not bring it up. Uh, so many people on social media, I'm sure you saw, were quick to say, well, if the Eternals have been around this long, why didn't they do anything about Thanos or all this other stuff? And the big answer I kept hearing that I couldn't help but agree with is, like, uh, maybe watch the movie and they'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they, they look to be talking about that because there's that stinger at the end where they talk about who's going to lead the Avengers now that mm. uh, Captain America and Iron Man are gone. So clearly they're up to date on things. Yeah. Tevi saying people are comparing them to the new gods. Well, yeah, because they're created by the same guy. <laughs> they're pretty, they're the Marvel version of it. They're, they're the same as 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 Darkseid is the Marvel version of Thanos yeah. and vice versa. Same same guy who was clearly working through a lot of the same ideas multiple times because you can even put the like, hey, you know, uh, a royal family of superpowered people. Isn't that kind of like in humans? Didn't he work on in here? Oh, he Kirby did work on that, too. You don't say <laughs> it's like one guy's desperately trying to work out the same idea. Oh, uh, the Unimine, too. We kind of got a quick glimpse of what the Unimine might look like. Yeah, in the movie. yeah. Looks pretty good. Because when three or more humans come together, they create a big brain. <laughs> and the big brain be good. I hope it's just like that. I hope it's just the Futurama brain. 
me the big brain am leaving now for no reason <laughs> <laughs> but yeah there's your eternals uh trailer everyone i enjoyed it looks pretty good i'm i'm i have to imagine the next because this was only a teaser trailer i have to imagine like the Very. official t- trailer will be a bit more action heavy reveal True. a bit more and again it's it's really more of a mood piece we still have no idea what the movie's actually about yep. could be about anything who knows <laughs> Uh, all right, next up, what do we got here? Ooh, some Suicide Squad news. DC has announced they're going to be doing a series of variant covers to tie on in with the brand new James Gunn movie. Yeah, and they all look fantastic. They do. In fact, it even gets a little bigger than that. Apparently, DC is just rolling out the damn red carpet uh, for the Suicide Squad uh, in the next coming months uh, to coincide with the movie because we got these variant covers, we got a bunch of new Suicide Squad stories we're going to talk about, but also they're reprinting a bunch of classic Ostrander Suicide Squad stories. Which is awesome because so many of those stories have been out of print and hard to get, so I am super, super stoked. Yeah, and to to collect them all together as well is, is very handy. Absolutely, and they're also re-releasing Trial by Fire again mm-hmm. because that's like one story that they just can't. Well, I stop think that's the story that this movie is kind it of is. based around. Yeah. So, so they're saying, yeah. I guess we'll see how much it's based on when we actually get there. But uh, yeah, that's awesome. If you're a Suicide Squad fan like myself, now is maybe the best time. In fact, I would say they've probably done more for the Suicide Squad now than they did when that last movie came out. Oh much more i don't remember any of this sort of stuff happening with that last film i think they they came out with a couple extra yeah and that's about it and like i think we got like a couple extra books like the secret files of the suicide squad but it wasn't big this this is big which makes me think the warner brothers big wigs and the people who actually hand out the money are like oh no wait this one's actually going to be a hit though let's actually get behind (laughs) this this happens when we put competent people on it yeah, people people might actually like this one, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm super stoked for this one. If you haven't re- uh, read Trial by Fire or any of the old Ostrander stuff that they're collecting, now is definitely the time to get in there. Yeah, movie comes out in August, so it's very close. Hard to believe, man. This just th- these last like year and some change. <laughs> I know. <laughs> have just drifted it's right by. <laughs> it's June. It's guff, man. This is, is is it ever going to feel normal again, Matt? Is anything ever going to feel normal? <laughs> I'm sure it has to be when we're all vaxxed. I'm one vax down, so like I'm closer. Uh, what is it? Ontario opens back up on the second. Yep. <laughs> I don't. I don't know, man. But hey, there's something fun to look forward to. Suicide Squad. Now, uh, uh, again, am I dreaming this? But they did say that they're doing a simultaneous release, right? This is going to the app and going to theaters. Yep, yep. It's going to HBO Max as well. Hey, if all works out, I I, I will say this: I will happily go see Suicide Squad in the theaters if I'm allowed to. Oh yeah, I'm definitely going to see it in the theaters. Yeah, if I'm allowed to, I would happily make this the first movie I go out to see again. I'll, I'll mask up. I'll do whatever I need to. That's, I'm, so, I'm so jealous of all our American friends on Twitter and everything. Like, oh, we saw a movie today. Oh, we went out and did this today because we're all, you know, vaccinated and was allowed more attention. Like, oh, good for you. <laughs> you lucky bastards. Have some fun for me, why don't you? <laughs> Uh, keeping on the Suicide Squad train, and we absolutely were, uh, coming this fall, again, to coincide with Suicide Squad Mania, the Suicide Squad book is having itself another crossover, this time with the Swamp Thing book. Yeah, which is strange, because the Swamp Thing book is, what, ten issues long? 
something like that. Yeah. Which I guess is it going to be done by the time this one starts? Is this just like, hey, you know, uh, what is it? They really wanted to use suicides, or they really wanted to use Swamp Thing, and now they can. I wonder. I guess so. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, it's happening around like the midpoint of the book. So yeah, maybe it's just like a quick tie-in, and then it's back to whatever Ram V has in store for the character. Because it's a new I Swamp guess. Thing. It's not Alec Holland anymore. Yeah, yeah, you were telling me about this one. But yeah, so it looks like the Suicide Squad, for some reason, is sent to hunt down Swamp Thing. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's issue 6 of 10. Mm-hmm. Wow, so it's a mini-series that's going to have a Suicide Squad crossover. Crazy. Yeah, all these all these books seem to be getting some type of Suicide Squad crossover, like with the current team now. you got the Teen Titans yeah. one. Um, I'm fairly certain we're getting some Superman stuff a little later on. Yeah, they uh they want the team to do their rounds apparently. They want everyone to know we love the squad. We've always <laughs> loved them. What are you talking about? <laughs> They're just our fun new friends and we think you should know about them no matter what you're reading. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's what we're thinking. But uh yeah, that sounds interesting. Again, I'm really liking that new Suicide Squad book. I didn't love the Titans half of the crossover, but that's not their fault. No, it just looked like the two creators didn't really talk with each other about what was happening. No, they didn't. We'll talk about that more when we talk about what we read this week. But I think that book finally broke me for that series. I'm like, all right, I might be done with this now. I gave you three issues. But uh, yeah, Suicide Squad versus Swamp Thing. That's a fun mix. I've never seen that before. Yeah, interesting. Absolutely. And uh, we're not done with new DC titles yet because, again, DC had their big solicitations this week. And uh, a brand new Batman book, Matt. I know it's been a few minutes since we've talked about it. A few seconds, yes. (laughs) A A few seconds. I know it was a rough couple seconds there without a new batman book being announced but don't worry everyone the wait is over (laughs) the drought is done you can mm, you can drink good again because batman world is coming out (laughs) world now tell us about world matt what do you know about batman the world Uh, well it's basically what the title suggests it's batman stories told from around the world 15 stories uh told through 15 different countries with 15 yep. different writers from these countries. Now, uh, what two countries were exempt from the world, Matt, in this situation? Uh, I'm going to, I don't actually know, but I'm going to has, hazard a guess and think it was something starting with an I and something starting with a P. <laughs> no, actually, uh, there's no Canada, no Australia. Oh, really? Yes. I, in fact, I don't think there's the United Kingdom some, either. Into some, uh, uh, real world uh events that were happening recently that's what i thought that you're you're leading me towards oh oh no no that would make sense though yeah. but no there's no uh there's no canada and i'm pretty sure there's no uh <coughs> united kingdom uh uh england or australia which well, seems it, kind of bullshit England kind of makes sense since the you know batman the detective is kind of eh, fair enough which is funny because the Australian man is writing the England yeah. book right yeah. now, but there's no Australian and no can, which is weird because it's like, well, but Batman, that's like the second best selling thing. Like, you know, as far as like books, you know, Canada's the second biggest market and there's <laughs> no Canada for Batman. They just think like, oh, well, Batman needs to go to other countries and fight crime. Well, we know there's no crime in Canada for him to, to the fight. What's he going to fight? The world of Canada. <laughs> What's he going to do? Fight rudeness? <laughs> Oh, that was really nice, eh? Batman's gonna have to wallop you upside the chin, eh? <laughs> Is it just Batman going and breaking up a particularly violent hockey game? Yeah, yeah. he's keeping watch over the hockey games. 
is what he's uh, got to do. <laughs> but no, this this genuinely sounds pretty interesting. It's funny, you know, when I read the article, it's like, oh, Batman the World from Azarello and I guess Bermejo, because Bermejo drew the cover here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, geez, another, you know, reunion of these. It's getting the Batman damn team back together. How yep. much Dong's going to be in this? And then it's like, oh, it's 15 uh, stories from 15 different writers from all over the world just headlined by Azarello, and I'm like, okay, this actually sounds pretty fun. It sounds pretty good, but again, Nala Anthology book for Batman. I think he's up to about four or five now. It's just all anthology all the time. Crazy, 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 crazy. But this one should be interesting, at least. I always like, you know, when we get voices on batman who we don't normally get because i mean hey he's an endearing character because you know he's he's endlessly retellable you know Mm -hmm. what's what's someone else's take on batman yeah yeah it's yeah again like um i haven't been reading the the batman version of it but i've been reading the superman anthology that's sort of it's it's like brother book and yeah all the Mm. stories that have been in those ones have been really fantastic and i have to imagine they're going to put their top talent on it that's good. Yeah, and, you know, this could also be a good showcase for writers, you know, from all over the world mm-hmm. who maybe we've not heard of. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're new talent, and, yeah, writers no one's really heard of. That being said, though, uh, when they do the sequel to this, I want Batman Canada to just be a whole <laughs> miniseries unto itself. Well, that's the thing. This all leads into Batman Canada. He tracks yeah, it all really. back to Canada. <laughs> the last place I ever thought the criminals to hide in the land of the frozen peso, Canada. <laughs> oh, and my most hated villain of all, the goalkeeper. No, the beaver tail. <laughs> the Mountie. Oh, damn you, Mountie. <laughs> Just rides up on a horse. God damn. Uh, that's good. But uh, see, so yeah, there's Batman Zewerdo, everyone, coming soon. <laughs> Uh, now, moving on from there, we actually have more Batman news, but don't worry, this actually doesn't involve Bruce Wayne. This is a completely different Batman. <laughs> it's Thomas Wayne, who is set to actually seemingly become a member of that Infinite Frontier team. Yeah, the uh, the totality, I guess. I guess that's going to be the team and headlining in that. Yeah, very, very unexpected, because at first I'm like, oh, wow, this is a whole big new super team they're doing with no Batman analog on it, only for Josh Williams to be like, ha, 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 ha. Makes it, it, it makes sense as well, because that team just had an opening since Vandal Savage left um, the team in the uh, in the Secret Files book. Oh, do they actually explain why he's not around anymore? That's good. Yeah, yeah Vandal Savage leaves. He, he gets bored. Okay, I gotta tell Sal about that, because me and Sal have been arguing about that forever. He's like, remember when they let Vandal Savage on the team, and then he didn't show up in anything else? Well, apparently they got a reason. He left. Yeah, he left because he was bored. (laughs) Sounds about right. When you're immortal, you get bored really easily. But yeah, so Thomas Wayne here, Joshua Williamson basically took to Twitter and said, man, I haven't written this character since The Button, and I have a lot of unfinished business, which is basically a nice diplomatic way of saying, uh, Tom King shit the bed with this character, and I need to fix it <laughs> need now. need to fix everything about this character now. <laughs> Because, again, Josh Williamson seems to be the main driving creative force at DC right now, and this is one of the problems that fell for him, where it's like, okay, so, you remember how, you know, Bruce's dad in Flashpoint was, you know, a darker, edgier, but ultimately sympathetic character who helped his son escape and said, you know, don't be Batman anymore, and I love you, and it was beautiful and nice and everything, and then Tom King said, meh, but what if he didn't, though? Hey, but what if he didn't do any of that? What if he was a real dick, and what if he killed Alfred? 
Yeah, what if he was just... Oh, my God, that's right. Yeah. I forgot. I that he, was, wasn't, yeah, that. he was was indirectly responsible for that, but yeah. Bane did it, but, like, Thomas was working for Bane, or he was working for Thomas. It was really fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> it was a stupid story, and I'm and they, glad and, someone's going to finally deal with it. With, like, broken legs in Arkham or something? I can't remember. Yes. He, I know he was in Arkham. Yes, Bane. Got, Bane, in wrestling terms, had to get his win back right, after yeah, he, he like shot Bane in the head. Or something. But then Bane seemingly died again anyway. But he's not dead because we see that there's going to be a Joker versus Bane story happening later. <laughs> it's a whole. It's a whole big thing. Uh, do you do you think Joshua Williamson can save Thomas Wayne? Do you think uh, he can make sense of all that dumb bullshit? I think he can. I, he 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 just restarted the universe. He can just he would just say like, yeah, none of that fucking shit happened. Yeah. Fair enough. And also, too, I mean, I think this uh, has put Infinite Frontier on more people's radar if it's not on your radar already, where it's like, no, this is actually a really important and really cool cosmic multiversal team. Yeah, yeah, it, it's looking like it's going to be quite important. Yeah, very much so. This is, this is uh, what is it, the, the, the centerpiece, you could say, <laughs> of the Infinite Frontier era, because it has the freaking name on it and everything that it looks like Joshua Williamson wants to do. Mm-hmm. Also, too, I guess we can't send him back now. Do, do, when, when everything got fixed, does that mean the Flashpoint universe still exists? I have to imagine, yeah, there probably will be a Flashpoint universe out there. Because it's the yeah, omniverse now, it's not the multiverse. Right, so assumedly it has to exist, because I know even Tom King couldn't decide where it's like, but wait, Flashpoint's not an alternate universe, it's a possible future timeline. Then it's like, it's pop- when it becomes popular enough, it becomes a universe. <laughs> There's a world out there that's too much like the main DC universe that could have had a, a Flashpoint, you know? Yeah, true enough, because it's like, yeah, when this is all said and done, does he does he and all the other guys, do they just live here now, or assumingly they have to get sent back to their own universes? Yeah, I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll find out all about it. For the answers to these and similar questions, read Infinite Frontier, coming soon. Yeah, very soon. I think it starts up next week. Does it actually? I Holy think so. Shit. I think the first issue's out next week. God damn, there are so many... Co- I am so far behind on all of my books. I have, like, Wolverine and Champions and Captain America from last week I still haven't gotten to yet. <laughs> and YouTube, YouTube of all places, has the gall to tell me because, you know, we moved the podcast, tried to move the podcast to every other week on YouTube to see if it makes a difference. YouTube actually had the gall to send me a message. of like, mm, you haven't uploaded as many videos as you normally do. I get, yeah, mm. I get that every now and then as well. It's like, well, you know, maybe I would if you wouldn't keep telling me that uploading too many is bad. Well, uploading yeah. not enough is bad, you know? YouTube, you passive-aggressive fucking bitch goddess, you. <laughs> does, does nothing I do be good enough for you? Apparently not. <laughs> Uh, but you know, it is good enough for me, Matt. Uh, that's another Black Label book. Uh, it's not about Batman, it's about Joker, who is like Batman. (laughs) And that he is also seemingly holding up the entire Black Label (laughs) part of DC. But it's a Matthew Rosenberg book. It's called, uh, Joker Puzzle Box. Yes, yes, I, I would kind of disregard this if it was anyone other than Rosenberg. Likewise. Uh, Just because I know Rosenberg is a very good writer. And very good at writing villains, mm-hmm. too. He wrote that criminally underrated Kingpin book, so I'd be very his, interested to see what he would do His villains in uh, his Punisher run were fantastic. 
Likewise, yeah, he gives a lot of, you know, interesting layers and complex emotions and feelings. And with a name like Puzzle Box, too, they basically seek to imply that this is going to be some sort of, like, David Lynchian 7 mystery piece. Which which kind of has me confused because they already technically had that with Jeff Lemire's Killer Smile books. And it's they like did. it's like just do another series <laughs> of that because that was, like, pretty fantastic. And seemed like it was going to keep going. Yeah, so. yeah. Whatever happened to that? Yeah. I guess Jeff Lemire got bored. No, you know what it is? Jeff Lemire got rich because they did sweet. Yeah, I was going to say, he he went to Hollywood and and Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) He got all Hollywood now. He's got that Netflix money. (laughs) (laughs) No, good for him. If anyone deserved Netflix money, a guy like him deserves the Netflix money. Yeah. That's that golden turlet money. (laughs) That's that I write what I want to money. But yeah, so we're getting another Joker book here, and like we said, normally I'd complain about Joker saturation, but Rosenberg seems like the type of guy who would be able to make this pretty cool and pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm sure, like, yeah, he's probably got a good story for it, otherwise he wouldn't be doing this. Yeah, he's also done the podcast once before, too, which means he's a friend of the show. I should get him back (laughs) on and ask him, what's your take on writing the Joker? (laughs) Because it seems like more and more we're seeing writers kind of, you know, warm up to this idea that the best way to do a Joker story is to not actually write about the Joker at all. You have him in there, but you have someone else be the POV. Yeah, yeah, you make him a a, uh, force of nature. Yeah, yeah, because again, once once you can start hearing his internal monologue, and once, you know, he becomes the point of vantage, a lot of the mystique is lost. That's that's what made that Killer Smile book so good, because he wasn't the main character it was just some other guy that he had uh infected with his uh uh his uh ideals and everything madness yeah also thank you noel yes thank you for the subscription your name is like my name but just a letter away (laughs) just thought i'd bring that up just a letter away on the keyboard as well oh shit (laughs) is this my own puzzle box moment are we am i dreaming him or is he dreaming me (laughs) I don't know no more. Life is a flat circle. (laughs) Uh, Now, more Black Label news here, but this one is quite different. It's a Superman book, Matt, that also just so happens to be in Black Label. It's Superman versus Lobo. Yeah, and it's being written by the money shot guys, Tim Seeley, and I'm forgetting the woman's name. (laughs) I I forget it too, don't worry. She's very good and very funny and a good follow on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, this one kind of surprised me. Very much so that they grabbed the whole Money Shot team. Money Shot, if you haven't read anyone, is a truly hilarious cosmic sex comedy. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> that's actually very positive and about, like, all the best parts of human nature. And so they've gotten this team together to write a Superman versus Lobo book. And it's funny, the cover is, like, kind of trying to sell the idea, like, ooh, Superman versus Lobo and Black Label, we can be really violent. But the team is like, uh, no, don't worry, it's going to be funny. Yeah, it's going to be funny, and the characters aren't going to be wildly out of character. Sarah Beatty is that's, the one, thank you, the, I just looked at yeah. when the When it came up on my screen, I saw it there. Uh, Lobo, of course, is already a great conduit for comedy, because <laughs> he's just inherently funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, when Brad Garrett did him on Superman the Animated Series, I think that's why a whole generation grew to love him as basically like goddamn Johnny Bravo meets Macho Man meets Boba Fett. His his live-action version in Krypton was fantastic as well. Yeah, I heard good things, but I didn't keep up with Krypton, but a lot of people said that one was good. Yeah. 
I think the whole idea is too is that it's Superman and Lobo fighting, and this ticks off like some sort of like YouTuber social media influencer who's yeah. mad that no one's paying attention to them. Yeah, yeah. Well, it looked like yeah, there was some sort of betting mechanic or something about it about these two fighting. Uh- Again, looking on the cover, I'm going to guess that's the eye. That's what the eye is about. Yeah. Which is a very clever concept where it's like, look, we've seen Lobo and Superman fight so many times before. What's a new angle you put on it? This angle. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm definitely interested in this one. I like that it's a Superman book. I like that Black Label is experimenting with comedy, not just violence and gore and adult subject matter, like actual, like, R-rated comedy. Yeah, yeah, again, uh, they're finally, I think, starting to realize that that's what the brand can be. It can't, it's just not going to be, you know, gratuitous violence and Batman's Mm. penis and whatnot. (laughs) Occasionally, and not even Batman's penis at a point. (laughs) Yeah, even that'll draw the line. And even then I'll draw the line somewhere. Look, you can joke about Batman's penis in Black Label, but you can't actually do it in Black <laughs> Label. <laughs> but yeah, this uh, this one looks like a winner. This one looks fun. I'm totally down for this one. Yeah. It also makes for a very good thumbnail for this new episode. Matt redesigned the thumbnails, and they look super awesome. Yeah, you guys won't see it until a little later on. I was going to put it up for our YouTube thing because it allows you to put a thumbnail up ah, for it, but I thought, I'll, right. I'll, I'll tease them. Tease them later. <laughs> Ooh, going to be a surprise. Going to be a big surprise. But, uh, yeah, that's the news from this week, everyone. Did we miss anything? Did we forget anything? Any old business? Any new business break when uh, I wasn't looking? I don't think so. I was kind of hoping that, like, all the stuff, like, because um, E3's coming up soon, and usually oh, yeah. a lot of the places do like pre-shows for like E3 to prime you. And That's uh, right. one of the big um, rumors is that there's going to be a new Switch announced very soon. You watch, it's going to be announced oh. fucking later tonight after we finish this show. Isn't that always it? Yeah, I heard that the Switch Pro where it's, what's the deal with it? It's going to have like longer battery life yeah, and like 4K or, compatibility 4K, or something. 4K, yeah, uh, I think an OLED screen. Yeah, probably just like right. just a bit better build quality maybe. Mm. just just my luck i just get a switch and they're like oh we got switch minis now and switch you know <laughs> primes and everything well, that's else why you just trade in your switch for the new one i guess i could but i like mine so much i actually just got the extra extended uh memory card i like if you get it with a certain company they've got like little mario stars and little hyrule symbols and everything on. yeah them. i just uh put like skins all over my my console as well legend of, oh, legend of zelda like clever. skins on the controllers and screens and stuff Oh, that's fun. That sounds like fun. I should do that. Yeah. I haven't touched the Switch in a bit because, again, I've been doing the whole PC gaming thing for all. But I've been waiting cool. for some new newer games to come out because I'll just, like, grab a whole heap of them and play them all at once. Yeah, I, I am in such a bad place right now where I keep buying games and not finishing <laughs> them. Where I got really far into Watch Dogs Legion. I think I'm on, like, the last chapter, but I haven't finished it yet. Got really far into, uh, what is it, Assassin's Creed Vikings there got to like the final area didn't finish it just got mass effect legendary edition but i actually do plan to finish yeah, this one yeah yeah do, do plan to finish that one definitely yeah yeah cuz i'm like you know what this is the ride i want to take i want to retake this ride i want to get reacquainted with all these characters yeah yeah and it's it's not a game you have to pump like 400 hours into it like no, like yeah. an, a watchdogs or an assassins creed no not at all nah. it's you're on a you're you're on a nice course is what you're yeah. on the world's big, but not that big. It's big in story and character. What uh, what else we think uh, we might be getting for E3? I know there's some rumors there about some new like superhero stuff that they might be working on. Maybe we'll see more of that Batman Gotham Knights game. Maybe. I know that got pushed back recently. Oh, did it really? The release date, at least, I think, did. 
I guess lots of things are getting pushed back now because of COVID yeah. and everything. Yeah, they they need that extra year of uh, development. Can't. True, can't can't be helped. Actually, you know, let's look at that right now. E three twenty twenty one. I think yesterday or the day before, we got a state of play about the new uh, uh, Horizon game, which just it looks that, brilliant. That's right. It looks really pretty, and I'm reminded that I haven't actually played uh, Horizon yet. I got it free, got it free yeah. when it was there yeah. on the PlayStation Network, so I got to get into it. That's going to be fun for me when I'm done Mass it's, Effect. It's I'll be sure to get into it. pretty good game. It's pretty good. It, it looks good, and, you know, my internet crush Ashley Birch is the voice of Eloy, <laughs> so that's pretty good. <laughs> I remember following her when it was just her and her brother doing silly YouTube videos. YouTube, now she's, yeah. like, one of the most... Hey Ash, what you playing? Now she's like one of the most in demand freaking uh she's in everything. what is it uh, voice actress. She really is inescapable. Yeah. And uh, and Anthony Birch is doing good too. He's got that Dungeons and Dragons podcast mm-hmm. with Freddie Wong, Dungeons and Daddies that's pretty good. And he's working on the new God of War. Yeah. As like one of the big writers. So like fucking good for you, man, from like making Borderlands the series that it was with actual funny writing to being able to work on that now. Yeah. So that's good. Oh, yeah, that we got that Suicide Squad game, too, which, you know, now would probably be the time to talk about it, right? Because we had one trailer and nothing else you, attached to it. You would think that it. now would be a good time because, yeah, you got the movie coming out. You can hype people up for it. Yeah, because, like, we don't even know what that game was. They're like, Suicide Squad kills the Justice League. We got one trailer. It's like, okay, is it a shooter? Is it an RPG? Is it a Fortnite? What the fuck is it? <laughs> That's maybe, what really annoyed me. Maybe the designers me. Like, don't even know. They probably don't. That's the thing with video games. It's like, look, make a video game for this. Well, what kind of game? Oh, I don't know. We'll oh, figure that yeah, out well, later. Speaking of that, you know, um, remember, like, it was, it was a while back. Remember how they announced they were making a game that was basically the uh, Assassin's Creed Black, set, Black Flag, uh, like, boat missions as, like, a single oh. game? Remember how they were making, like, a like a single-player game of just that? Yeah, yeah. That actually, Skull and Bones yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. That actually recently restarted development, I think, for the oh shit time i'm like how hard is it to make you just take what was in that game and just make it like a standalone game how how do you fuck that up uh apparently they found a way (laughs) they found a way to fuck up oh hey maybe cyberpunk will have words (laughs) about that dlc no they won't no they they absolutely won't that's that's not happening I, I hope CD Projekt Red cares enough to try and, like, you know, save their, like, reputation at this point eventually, but it, it is too soon. Yeah. Didn't, didn't Bethesda have a thing there, Starfield mm-hmm. or something? Weren't they doing a space thing? Yeah, they're doing a space game that I, I, uh, I, I've been, like, probably a bit few more gaming circles than you, but it's become a thing where it's like, oh, you is are. it going to be released this year or next year? With people saying yeah. it's this year and people saying it's next year. And, oh, um, oh, what's that other game? Elden Ring. Uh, oh, The, the yeah. new Souls game. Uh, yeah, hey, that's another thing we haven't heard anything from. Mainly probably because that's George R. R. Martin's writing it. <laughs> yeah. Man, I-, I love those soul games. I'm not great at them. Talk about another thing where it's like, this is great. I never finish it. I-, I always like make a lot of great progress early on. Then I hit a wall and I never go back. Like, what was that? That uh, Sekiro Shadows mm-hmm. Die Twice? Mm-hmm. 
that's that's probably the best I've ever been in a Souls game, and you can actually go back and watch my old stream material to be like, oh wow, Joel actually figured this out at a point, and then I just got hit up and never I, went back. I just I, I don't have enough time. I should like stream some of the Souls games. I I I I, I just, you know be humble for a minute, but I, apparently I'm pretty good at the Souls games because I've beat mm. I've beaten them all. Nice, nice. Again, uh, same deal. Bloodborne, loved Bloodborne. Oh, got so super far into that. Yeah, just, oh, just the aesthetic of that game is so freaking yeah. good. Got so far into it, but I don't think I ever actually saw the ending. But it was good though. And again, people saw I actually beat Cleric Beast my first time <laughs> just with sheer dumb luck. <laughs> sheer dumb fuckery. I won that one. <laughs> it's maybe one of my proudest gaming moments I ever had filmed. Nice, nice. Oh, uh, yeah, B Black reminding us, too, there. Hey, what about uh, Moon Knight? Yeah, I guess they officially confirmed that it's Oscars, but we already knew. Yeah, yeah, that's been filming for a little bit, and yeah, I think people saw him on set, and they're just like, yeah, just just confirm it. <laughs> uh, also confirmed this week, uh, Taiko Watiti is a tantric sex god. Yes, yep, oh, he's God. a king, yes. <laughs> <laughs> king amongst men, <laughs> as we knew. I, I love I saw, like, one ridiculous YouTube thing there where it's like, oh, you know, Disney is unhappy with that. I'm like, why are they jealous of him? <laughs> it sure seems that way. Yes, they, they're completely jealous of him. <laughs> completely jealous of Taiko Watiti. Man, some poor suckers walk around with nothing because Taiko Watiti has no... Ooh, I'm funny and charming and I do movies. <laughs> and I'm in a thruple with multiple beautiful people. <laughs> Pretty good for some weirdo from New Zealand. Good for him, man. Uh... <laughs> Talk about a dude who gives us all hope that just if you're charming and funny and make good art... <laughs> Apparently you can do anything. And I guess he's rich, too, because, like, Thor, uh, what is it, uh, Ragnarok made a lot of money, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, when's uh, the next season of uh, What We Do in the Shadows coming out? That's a good show. Yeah, I hope that comes out soon. Yeah, it's a good show. I think that one, like, just ended just as, like, the pandemic uh, I think so, yeah. started yeah, well, the, yeah, it ended very abruptly, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. can't remember that last episode. Yeah. Uh, oh well, they all got kidnapped, and Guillermo had to that's, save. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, he had to kill all the all the vampires. Yeah, and it kind of yeah ended abruptly. Yeah, where they're just like say what? Yeah. <laughs> Guillermo means a uh, guillotine of the saints. <laughs> In case you're wondering, it's pretty fucking badass. Just saying. <laughs> Uh, and with that, everyone, I guess we can hop into what we read this week. And uh, I read a lot to- this week, but still didn't read as much as I wanted. Oh yeah. Uh, where where would we like to begin, Matt? Uh, let's have a look. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. Uh, we had Heroes Reborn, issue four. We did. I read the main book, and you read a bunch of the tie-ins by the sounds of it, so let's try and, you know, roll these together. Yeah, uh, uh, issue four is about the Green Lantern uh, stand-in, mm. Dr. Spectrum. Dr. Spectrum, who, man... Uh, they really went some places with this character, mainly that, you know, unlike Hyperion and Blur, which were kind of like good-natured deconstructions on Superman and Flash, where it's like, oh, you know, they're good people, but, you know, they're a little bit more fucked up because it's the Marvel Universe and people's problems are a little bit realer. They're just being manipulated to do bad things. This one straight up full says, no, Dr. Spectrum is a fucking asshole, and he's loving every second of this new evil world. He's Parallax. 
He he's Parallax. He's John Walker. He's yeah. He's literally let us take Hal Jordan, who has always been like a DC Comics right winger, and the Green Lantern Corps, which is a space police force, and let's make them dirty gladiator cops in space. Yeah, and it works. It's so good. It really does. Like it works in a way you really wouldn't expect. Because they basically just straight up say, yeah, Dr. Spectrum is the bad guy here. He's a xenophobe in the most literal uh, definition yeah. of it. And it's actually Bounty Hunter Rocket who's trying to yes. stop him. L- Lobo Rocket, yes. Uh, little Lobo, Little Bullfunga, too, if we're keeping the Green Lantern thing in. Yeah, and he even has, like, like whereas Lobo has, like, a uh, sentient motorbike, he has a sentient mm. machine gun because Groot is his machine gun. <laughs> That is so f- cool, and he shoots little Groot splinters. <laughs> also, who did the art on this one? The art in this one was yeah, really good. Uh, oh, what's his name? I did my review. Oh, I'm blanking on it. Yeah, but yeah, the art was just, it was fantastic. It was gross. It was highly detailed. Like, all the stuff with the cancerverse near the end. It was oh, just yeah. so it good. Radically different yeah, it was so from good. the other art we've seen. Uh, James Stoko. That's that's, that's he, he read recently did a uh, story in the in the Superman Red and Blue series. Ah, nice. It's it's funny because this is the darkest heroes reborn story they've told with the most ugly, gross, detestable characters, and yet the art is beautiful and shiny and pastel. And even when Doctor Spectrum is saying like shitty racist things, it's in a rainbow box. <laughs> Which you know they did that on purpose, right? Where it's like, yeah, let's get him to say all this xenophobic stuff, but put it in a little rainbow. Yeah, that's the point. <laughs> that's literally the point. I'm like, wow, see, now this this is Jason Aaron actually having fun. This is Jason Aaron being like, no, I got a really dark, like, Green Lantern run in me if you'd let me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, like, Rocket actually becomes an interesting hero there. They get into a big fight, and Rocket's, you know, ace in the hole as he pulls out the star brand. Yeah. Because um, as we learn in the backup, uh, the Starbrand child uh, survived the alternate changing of reality and was uh, yeah. cast into space or like ended up in space and ended up being found by Groot and Rocket and raised by them. Mm. And it's been a couple years because she's much older now than she was. Yeah, yeah I had a feeling they were going to age her up. It gives us a nice little time frame and also means when they put everything right, they can keep her uh, older if they yeah, want. Yeah, as a Starbrand, yep. <laughs> Yeah, Brandy. I forgot that 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 Brand uh, that that was the name Iron yeah, Man Iron gave Man her. Gave it, yep. <laughs> Brandy. Jesus Christ, uh, Tony. You gave her a goddamn stripper name. <laughs> and, and don't trust women named after cars and liquor. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> they, they will always break your heart, Mercedes. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this, uh, this was a fun one. This was a crazy one. And in the end, uh, what is it? Brandy ends up getting picked up by Captain Okoye of the Wakanda space fleet. Yeah. The, the Wakandans who we haven't seen yet in this universe, mainly because no. they're, they're sought to be a myth and, and no yeah, one, no yeah. one thinks they exist or anything, but they, yeah, makes sense. Again, I, I guess, uh, Jason Aaron's going to sort of do like what Tanahasi Coates did with them, where he made them mm. like spacefaring people. Yeah, I guess the idea is is that if, you know, Avengers never formed, Wakanda never came out of hiding, I guess, you know, uh, T'Challa is probably still alive. Maybe he's king now, maybe he's still prince, maybe his father never died, who yeah, knows? Or, or because this universe has changed, he never becomes the Black Panther, he becomes like uh, Killmonger mm. or something. Oh yeah, he becomes a bad guy, wouldn't that be crazy? Where he's like, no, my people aren't worry enough, you know, I need to stay on Earth and be a bad yeah. guy. Wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't that be crazy if, like, Black Panther and Killmonger are friends in this universe? That'd be cool. 
That'd be cool. That would, that would be like something sad where it's like, oh, no, when they fix the world, that's not going to happen anymore. <laughs> but, yeah, so Heroes Reborn continues to be interesting and keeps throwing, like, curveballs. Like, I thought they had settled in to, like, a pattern, and they're like, no, 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 we got something else here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, um, we also get some more of the uh, the cracks in this universe forming with uh, um, mm. Dr. Spectrum being the one um, who pretty much knows the universe is is like fucked up because he, he knows the star brain shouldn't be there um yeah. uh, certain like characters and stuff shouldn't be uh existing in this he universe care. yeah he doesn't care he's gonna kill them all he, he doesn't care because like because god is on my side but the god turns out to be mephisto yeah. and i love all like the little changes they got like the the tender note with them in mephisto we trust and and the That's churches really instead of like gag. uh like uh jesus effigies and stuff it's like mephisto they do they do a really cool was, one um in uh in the Magneto and the Mutant Force where um Blur's listening to a Sex Pistols album and <laughs> it is God Save Mephisto. Oh, that's funny. That's that's really good actually. That's a good bit. I like they waited to pull the trigger on that where it's like no, but it was actually Mephisto. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we, we could tell it was Mephisto doing deals Definitely. and everything, but yeah. Also, thanks Shadow Clone uh, forty four for the subscription. I just saw Thank that. You. How, uh, how were the other ones? You mentioned Magneto and Mutant Force. I guess just briefly run us through the tie-ins. I didn't get a yeah, chance th- to read them. This, uh, this is just like, like what happened to the mutants in this world? And the answer is they got completely fucked up. Um, they got into a big Ouch. fight with the uh, uh, Squadron Supreme after they tried to pass a mutant registration bill. Uh, Magneto... <laughs> uh, ends up becoming the miss uh, the like charles xavier of this team um he gets like crippled mm. and put in a chair and everything because um oh, in in the in the big fight charles gets bisected by power princess oh shit and um a bunch of like mutants uh will die and everything so he's uh magneto's like running a team made of a, of like frenzy and rogue and emma frost and this whole issue is mm. about uh him finding out that charles might still be alive in his mind and and he uses Emma Frost to go into his mind to try and find Charles, and uh, dig through like all his mind, and we find out that he is in there, but it's not Charles. It's Cassandra Nova. Oh, and shit. she takes over uh, Magneto's body. Uh oh. Yeah, that sounds bad. Yeah. I also like the idea. I think Charles might be alive in my mind. Oh, he's always alive in your mind, Eric, and in your heart too. No, I mean literally. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. Cassandra's like using Charles uh, as like a a trap for for Magneto. That's fun. Yeah. Um, the other one, I haven't. There was two other ones. The the only other one I read was the Siege Society, uh, which is. Mm. Uh, the squadron supreme fighting uh baron zemo who in this is very much a nazi um he's looking to try Ah, and uh kick uh the squadron supreme out of europe because they've set up a base in europe he wants to kick him out so you can start the third reich again and everything and he's working (laughs) oh he's working with um uh, black widow uh hawkeye fire ant who's scott lang um right because they all stayed villains in this universe yep. because the avengers weren't there to rehab yeah, soviet them. agent who's like the u.s agent but soviet uh, ah makes and sense. uh yeah he's he's like they like assault one of uh the squadron supreme's base and blur and nighthawk have to come and s- sort of stop them that one was it, so it was an okay book but it was really wordy like every page was just yeah like, you filled mentioned with fucking like paragraphs upon paragraphs of a vi- and i half of it is a joke because there is a joke in there about 
about Zemo always monologuing when they when like a, a hero like gets him started on something, he always starts monologuing. There is that joke, but then other characters do it as well. Right, you can only lampshade it so yeah. much. I might have to check that one out if only for the costumes because I love these versions yeah, of these characters cool. where they stayed villains. They're pretty cool. They're really good. Yeah. I hope they become skins in a fighting game at some point. <laughs> Uh, what else was this week? Uh, oh, we had Action Comics, number 1031, the continuation of this big War World story. Yeah, the big one building up into what Superman's gonna be taking the, uh, authority with him to the War World later on with Grant Morrison. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this one was a pretty cool continuation of that story where he finds the, uh, the Kryptonian refugees, or maybe they're not Kryptonian refugees, we don't know um but yes he investigates them and investigates their ship and he gets into a little bit of a kerfuffle with the the atlanteans yeah merc being an asshole yeah, of course where it's like oh so they're, of course they're, they're, they're sh- he's the one yeah the it's is, is aquaman still king of atlantis now or not i, I haven't know. read he hasn't aquaman got a book in forever at the moment, so i don't know no he doesn't yeah it seemed like his role was greatly depleted because it's like oh these ships landed in atlantis which means we own the rights to them and their amazing fuel source which seems to be a piece of the source wall yeah something like that yeah yeah these kryptonian refugees managed to like turn that into a fuel source which is crazy also they might not be kryptonians but they do know an ancient kryptonian dead language wherein they seem to be talking about the name of someone named Thalek, who's like an old Kryptonian scientist. Yeah, as Kara put it, it's, it's only something like Kryptonians would know, and even then, only a very few would know them. So they, there's some connection there. Uh, John, John has a little freak out because he, again, John has read this story before, basically, and he's like, no, nah, I don't believe they are Kryptonians. This is bullshit. Every other time it's not Kryptonians, or if it is, it ends badly. And he's kind of right as well, because at the end we he find is. out that these people uh, have been sent by a Mongol, exactly like he said, uh, to uh, stop Superman, kidnap Superman, something like that. Or something, we don't know what. We know that Mongol is holding something over them. I, I like this new interpretation of Mongol and Warworld and all the shit with the chains. Like, Superman tries to take the chains off one of Mongol's guys, but he's willing to, like, crack his own head open, then give up his yeah, chains. Yeah, and, and the, the girl as well, when she wakes up, she, she freaks out because she doesn't have the chains on anymore. She quickly put, yeah, puts we all... the chains on. We also don't know. We see her fuck up Keelix, and it's like, wait, is she doing that because she's super strong now, or is that because Keelix is weak? <laughs> Again, that's like another thing Supergirl says, because uh, Superboy says, well, they're obviously not Kryptonian. Their cells aren't, you know, taking in solar radiation, and Supergirl is quick to mention that they, they've they only just had sunlight, like, in the last couple of minutes, so it'll take a minute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is this is interesting. I know they've toyed around with the concept of new Krypton and other Kryptonians before, and it's always quite the tightrope to uh, to walk, you know, and have it not be, you know, uh, like silly as a story. But so far, I'm digging uh, this. Oh, Philip Kennedy Johnson even like teased it in that uh, uh, Worlds at War book he had with that, like, whatever happened to Superman? Maybe his people came back and took him, sort of thing. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's like teasing that sort of stuff. Oh shit, that's right. How? Because I know you're a bigger Superman fan than me, and you probably have more, you know, base for this. What do you feel about the concept of other Kryptonians? It's been a while since we've had new Kryptonians. I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't. I'd like to see what like uh, someone like Philip Kennedy Johnson does with it. 
I guess it makes more sense now because we don't have the bottle city anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do, but those people are all on cryo sleep because mm-hmm. they're crazy. Yeah. So we might as well have like another group of Kryptonians out there somewhere in the universe, the refugee Kryptonians. Yeah, yeah. They also kick around some ideas too, where it's like, well, maybe they're time travelers. Well, maybe they're this. Well, maybe they're mm-hmm. that. Which I, time traveling could make sense because, like, in the backup, uh, the Midnighter backup, that's a big pr- part of it because the Midnighter in that story is from the future state, uh, future, mm. and he's been sent back in time to kill Andre Trojan before he fucks up the timeline and everything. He's right, get, right. Midnight is getting a, an, an annual coming up. Big, big. Yeah, annual. that's right. Which. Is- the first time we're getting an annual off the back of backup stories. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's continuing this story, which is very cool since I'm following that story. I love that concept. I hope we get more of that because now that people know that backup stories can lead to annuals of their own, maybe more people will actually start reading yeah, them. Yeah, hopefully. I think that's the ultimate carrot at the end of the stick and the ultimate reward to be like, yeah, you do good and enough people like this, this becomes uh, an annual. Yeah. yeah, so there you go. Uh, what else did you have this week, Matt? Uh, let's have a look. Let's have a look. I had... Um, oh, I had uh, Stargirl Spring Break Special, issue one. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're doing more with Stargirl now because the show is <laughs> oh, popular. Oh, we're not just doing more with Stargirl. <laughs> Pardon? Oh, what oh, else is oh, going on? Oh, I'll get on? to that. Um, so, yeah, this issue is just... Um, uh, it's all by Jeff Johns, again, um, uh, writing the character he created and he uh just reiterates who stargirl is what her deal is and everything um and we sort of pick up from that um what we got in infinite frontier with her uh where her her and pat are off off to uh, help vigilante and uh we learn why they are helping him and that is because uh in the past the the original crimson avenger lee travers uh apparently Mm. died on like a boat somewhere uh but apparently he didn't actually die as the new crimson avenger found out and uh he he the boat he was on had a time machine on it um run by (laughs) run by the uh the crazed nazi per degerton um who's a stargirl villain um and the device because it exploded it caused him to like fall through time and he found he fell into the present day so they've got to stop clocking before he can get the device and go back in time and and make himself into a hero oh shit we're actually doing something with clocking oh my god not only that but we get confirmation that the green arrow we've seen because green arrow again is a big part of this issue um yes uh, the green arrow we we've seen and we've been following is the original one from the 40s and we get told oh. that uh that's because he and roy fell into one of clock king's time traps and it sent them to the past where they teamed with the seven soldiers of victory i saw that panel you put up and yeah wow what what, what extra only jeff johns would go to the extra lengths to try and square that circle and to be like wait but why are the other seven soldiers old but green arrow and him well, are still the same age they've always well, the been the seven soldiers aren't old anymore they got brought back through time as well by nebula man when they fought oh. fought him and because nebula man ended up killing one of their um uh sidekicks wing and um wing again is another big part of this so again sidekicks are like a, a prevalent thing throughout the story and how sidekicks and all these older heroes all seem to either die or get messed up and um that looks to be what the new star girl ongoing is going to be uh dealing with uh which is oh, her really? and imiko um teaming up to search for wing who's apparently still out there and at at the um 
uh, mercy of a villain called the Childminder. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, he's like stuck on some island with all these other sidekicks. Whenever, whenever you put child in your supervillain <laughs> name, it's never good. The child catcher, the child minder. It's just, oh no. Um, not only that, but at the end of the story, Clocking kind of disappears in like this big time wave explosion. And we found out that he got dumped in 1940s with Per Degerton, uh, who isn't going to send the Clock King back to his original time. He's going to team with him to take down the Justice Society of America, who are also oh, getting a shit. new book. Okay, you sold me on this. This actually sounds pretty dope, and Green Arrow is a focus on yeah, it, so that's yeah. pretty good, and too. And the JSA book is, again, by Jeff Johns and Brian Hitch. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, that's good that uh, Johns finally got to write his damn JSA book he's been going on about forever. Yeah, and I, I guess he's getting, like, the Stargirl ongoing as well. I guess, kind of putting them all together. The Johns universe. <laughs> the Johnsman. <laughs> Also, I'm glad Imiko Queen gets stuff to do. Yeah, I guess she's also I guess she's also a Titan too. But yeah, like, no one they mentioned that she titans. was a Titan in this. Oh, okay, well at least someone's paying attention then, if nothing <laughs> else. But I'm but dumb. What else was this week? Ooh, Beta Ray Bill. I haven't read this one yet. This is good. I will be very brief with this one. It's basically Bill and the rest of the team coming to terms with the fact that the ship is alive now and is a person. <laughs> And the way they explain it is so beautifully comic book. They're like, well, you know, I was high technology, but you keep getting involved with magic people all the time. So I keep getting pelted by magic. So when I went through the portal, <laughs> just, uh, yeah. <laughs> Perfectly suitable comic book answer. And uh, it's great, too, because the ship, uh, you know, kind of has a heart to heart with Bill. And surprise, surprise, but the ship, now that it's human and has a body is also dealing with body image issues and self-worth issues and it can, you know, feel for the first time and it's having the whole, like, am I human mm -hmm. thing? Which perfectly reflects what Bill is going through and yeah. the ship gives him a gift. The ship actually gives him a brand new space axe. Oh, really? Yes, that's, like, made of itself. It's, like, made of scuttlebutt and it's all high-tech and it has, like, boosters on the back so he can throw it and it activates and actually comes back to him and everything. Oh, that's cool. It seems to be, like, the 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 week for hammers because he had that he had um john henry irons on superman and lois and yeah it's the week for hammers it really hammers are hot commodities now <laughs> they're the hot new summer accessory get yourself a big hammer <laughs> well, what's beautiful about this beta ray bill thing and about this twist is like basically with this issue i can see the ending and that is bill realizes oh i went to literal hell to muselheim and back to try and get the power to make myself more human so my old friends would like and respect me and maybe even love me. But, oh, look, I have people who love and respect me for who I am right here. And I don't need a new hammer because I have a weapon. It's about acceptance, right yeah. It's literally a story about acceptance and self-acceptance and self-worth and everything. I'm like, wow, that's so beautifully and precisely told in six issues. Good, good on you, Daniel. Warren yeah, he, he he had a story he wanted to tell, and he knew he knew exactly how many issues he he could tell it in. <laughs> yeah, he told the fuck out of that story, and just genuinely, genuinely cool, genuinely fun stuff. I mean, if you're not reading Beta Ray Bill, it's easily probably one of the best like miniseries of the year so it's far. Like, good. I don't know anything that's even close to it. It's pretty goddamn yeah. good. Uh, what else did you have? Uh, I had Darth Vader issue. What issue was it? It was issue twelve. 
Oh, what's Vader up to these uh, days? Vader is getting involved in the War of the Bounty Hunters. Oh shit, that's right. That big mega yeah, event. Yeah, this this on. is the uh the first issue in the aftermath after he discovered Exegol and and uh what uh the Emperor's building there with his fleet full of planet killing weapons and everything. Um and he doubles down on becoming a Sith and wants to be a Sith and he's like, "Right, well, in that case, I know I have to kill my son because he's weak. He won't whenever come come with me, so I got to kill him." Instead of killing him, though, I'm going to go hurt him. And the best way to hurt him is to hurt his friends. Um, so uh, he sets his sights on the person who... It, it's really great because it recontextualizes a lot of scenes from the original trilogy with Luke. Um, about how I there's always so, like yeah. there's always just someone there with him to help him, like Han and Chewie, uh, who have mm. become the focus of, of uh, Vader's rage because he's, he's gone after them before and missed them. And he, he, he goes after them again after Empire Strikes Back and decides... You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna find Han Han Solo and Chewbacca, and I'm gonna kill them in front of my son. <laughs> Damn, yeah. that is some harsh parenting, so, is what that so is. So he, him, and Ochi of Bestoon go looking for um for Han and learn that Boba Fett has lost him, and they put on the trail of Boba Fett. Cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Sounds sounds like some good old fashioned Star Wars. Yeah. How about that Bad Batch? We haven't talked about that for a little it's bit. It's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. I, I, I quite enjoyed that last episode there where it's like, yo, Rancors. Yeah, ran- Rancors. Ran- Rancor that's apparently meant to be the same one from Return of the Jedi, but it can't possibly be. I was going to say, I wanted to ask you about that. I'm like, hey, I don't know as much about Star Wars as you, but that feels like that doesn't add it, up. Well, the writer says it, it did. It's meant to be the same one, but it can't be because, A, they're named differently, and two they're opposite genders like i think the one in the film is a male and this one was a female i mean you could just rename it jabba could have renamed it you know yeah as he does i don't like that name says jabba from his sex palace (laughs) gotta love getting bib fortuna in there because like literally just when you shoot like the underside of his face his facial sack like oh it's bib fortuna (laughs) because who else is it gonna be he has a very particular sack (laughs) I love to every episode, uh, the Bad Batch trust Omega a little bit more with new stuff where it's like, stay on the ship. Okay, come with us. Okay, here's a communicator. And now it's like, okay, I guess you get to have a weapon. Yeah, then. And, yeah she gets a cool one of those uh, slaver weapons that are like bows. Yeah. Which I originally thought was a Night Sister bow. Same, same. Me too. I was shocked. Like, oh, I guess it isn't yeah. that. That's a great weapon for her too because it's a little stealth weapon too, mm-hmm. you know, for running around taking dudes yeah. out. And we know she can fight, and that clearly she's important because they're sending bounty hunters after her specifically. Yeah, yeah, they're not after the Bad Batch, they're after her. Also, Sid, the Lady Trandoshan there, that uh, that was the old lady from uh, Ray Donovan, it wasn't was, it? It was, yes. Goddamn, she has a very specific voice, doesn't <laughs> she? I was going to say, when are we going to get uh, John Voight in the Star Wars universe? Then I'm like, nah, it's good. We don't need Mickey Donovan in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> well, maybe we do. It's just, it's just Mickey Donovan. <laughs> it's just Mickey Donovan. Hey, you know how to twerk, you Wookiees? <laughs> That's what he owns. He owns a big twerking Wookiee hut. <laughs> hey, Bad Patch, you want to have an adventure with me? <laughs> uh, this is really more of a Mandalorian type of thing. <laughs> Also, that's kind of funny, too. Bib Fortuna ever so briefly meeting the Bad Batch, knowing that he will be killed by a clone later on. (laughs) It's pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah, it is a thing where it's like, if only he knew. (laughs) 
what else was this week? Uh, ooh, had a new X-Men this week. X-Men 20, the penultimate mm. uh, for I, Hickman's X-Men I've run. I've through this one, and it, it looks like a good one. Uh, it is excellent. It's maybe one of the best ones. Uh, Hickman is swinging super fucking hard right at the mm-hmm. end. Uh, again, I don't want to spoil it too much for you because you haven't read it yet. I want you oh, to I actually know, feel like, the same the things I felt. Points of it. Okay, well, so basically, we go back to the story from X Men Six, which we haven't returned to in a long time, and that is, hey, what happened to Mystique? Uh, Xavier and Magneto told her to go blow up the Orchis factory and everything, and basically kill Nimrod before it could be built, but she didn't do it. Because she's like, I don't think I trust you guys anymore. And my wife, Destiny, said, hey, one day there will be an island. It will not be the first, but it will be the last. And when they don't return me to life, you have to burn that shit down. (laughs) And uh, what's beautiful about this is, you know, uh, Forge gives her like a black hole bomb to go and destroy the space station. But she's too late because Dr. Gregor gets Nimrod online. But wait. This Nimrod is different than all the other Nimrods. This one actually has the brain patterns of her dead husband, who was the head of Orchard yeah. Security that the mutants had yep, killed. Yeah, back in that issue. So what we essentially have here is a beautiful parallel between Mystique, who is doing these horrible things to bring back the woman she loves, and Dr. Gregor, who is doing these horrible things to bring back the man she loves. <laughs> pure dichotomy both can't have what they want and in the end the nimrod actually steps on in and saves everyone on orchis but to do so has to sacrifice the human part of its mind so basically gregor's husband died twice saving everybody (laughs) so she is horrified and she is just distraught but dr devo and omega sentinel like wow this thing that we've made has really scared the shit out of the mutants, right? And we we actually won this one. Like, we lost every other one, but we actually won this one. <laughs> we must be on to something now. Pour, pour more into the Nimrod project. <laughs> and I'm like, God damn, this is good. And Mystique awakens uh, from her cocoon there, but she's a failure. And Xavier and Magneto are like, we're done with you. We'll find someone else to be our attack dog. And then it's like, coming soon, Inferno. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing the Inferno book is going to be Mystique starting a new team to take down Krakoa and take down Xavier. And yeah, again, this is like like everything I, I knew was going to happen eventually. Whether it, would have been, it wouldn't have been Mystique, it would have been someone that would eventually have turned on uh, Krakoa. And it makes such perfect sense for it to be Mystique too, yeah. and it is so crazy that in any other situation, she is just this amoral villain and yet here you sympathize with her so much because it's all about love. They're mm-hmm. denying her the love of her. Everyone else gets to live again yeah. except for the woman that she yeah, loves. Yeah, again, yeah, it feeds into that whole sinister nature of the island where, like, Magneto says, yeah, it's a paradise and everything, but it's, like, what I choose and what what I choose to be paradise and everything. And, and yeah. like, it, it might not be what you want, but I don't care. <laughs> And, oh, yeah, the morality of this one is so crazy because Xavier and Magneto are like, look, Mystique, we know you're a monster. We know you'll never be rehabbed and that, you know, you would never accept Krakoa, but you serve a purpose for us. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you stop serving that purpose, we will throw you away, just like we threw Sabretooth away, too, when he no longer served yep. us. Yep. Which begs the question, too, who, who who's the next one they're going to get? Who's going to be their Mystique replacement? Hmm. It'll have to be someone I mean, very similar to Mystique, because she had a very specific set of skills for that that role. Morph. We got Morph yeah. back. Just, just, just double down on Beast. 
double down on. You'd think they'd get Wolverine, but it's like, no, nah, Wolverine is too loud. He's a freaking well, machine gun. That, he's questioned a scalpel. for color a number of times. He is, and they don't want to lose uh, Wolverine. Yeah. They don't want to lose him. They want to maybe keep they'll him bring on back that whole clone thing where they'll just like, well, we'll just clone like Mystique and just like keep wiping her oh, mind shit. and just have like this like husk of Mystique to do our dirty work. So basically, you're going to be Weapon X. Is yeah. what you're saying? You're yeah. going to do the very thing they exactly. said. Exactly. How good would that be? Like a cool parallel between that. Where wow, to do what you wanted, you guys started you your own Weapon X. You fucking hypocrites. Yeah. You. And that's the best thing about this story is that, like, this really paints Professor X and Magneto being like, nope, you guys are absolutely evil yeah, hypocrites. Oh, I love it so much. I love it. Yeah, it's good. It's good shit. Someone in the chat said, hey, where's the Captain America review? On the bottom of my pile with Wolverine and Champions and all the other stuff I deeply want to get to but <laughs> haven't yet. It's been a big week and we're in event season now, so goddamn. Yeah. It's real it's real heavy but yeah x-men is great one more issue left it's the hellfire gala and then uh jerry duggan takes yeah, over goddamn 21 issues blackjack yeah yeah oh, please let that be a joke please let that be a joke blackjack also he's not leaving he's just clearly going to write other x-men shit i probably think I, I don't know if they announced yeah i don't know if they announced he's writing inferno but he's probably writing inferno yeah. But yeah, so that's good shit. Uh, what else did you have, Matt? I had three left. Uh, I had Batman Superman issue 12, 13? Uh, yeah, or 18. 18 yeah, 18, it? sorry. Okay, see, I almost read this one, but I read Other History first because I knew that one would take me all day yeah. to read and write about. But yeah, tell me about this. This is more about the auteur and the two Golden Age film yes, universes. Yes, yes. So, um, this, yeah, more about the auteur and his plans. And um, uh, he, he, we only get him in sort of like the front and back of the book where he's like fighting the Earth Zero, Superman and Batman. Which is fine. Um, I fucking love there's a villain called the auteur and he's an evil alien robot filmmaker. Well, yeah, again, he's he might not actually be alien. Um, as as oh, really? Batman finds out, this might actually be a rogue program created by LexCorp um, for oh, the entertainment industry. Shit. So he's basically a rogue code version of Premiere Pro. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking funny. Gene Lu and Yang is very funny. Yeah, um, I thought that was pretty funny, yeah. Um but yeah he, he's like some rogue uh code program but made human or like organic um mm. i guess we're going to learn more about him next next issue but yeah he he threatens uh, after batman blows up his uh kryptonite thing he threatens them with a phantom uh zone crystal um which we don't know what he's going to do with because the story cuts back to the the 1940s uh golden age superman and batman uh, who are teaming up and uh, fighting their respective villains and their respective villains obviously are Martha Wayne and her son mm. um, her son Bruce <laughs> who ends up becoming Bizarro of this world when That's when he gets fun. injected with a serum that turns him strong and he starts talking like in backwards speech but then at <laughs> the end the serum wears off but only wears off half and he becomes Two-Face <laughs> So he's like half the face is still like all fucked up and it's like got that voice like Two-Face has and everything. It's great. It's oh, great. Oh, funny. Yeah, there's there's a lot of good gags in this one. Just just such a wildly creative yeah. idea for Gene Liu and Yang. Like you can't say for his Batman Superman run that he was like resting on his laurels or anything creative. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, this, this book has been so creative. And I, I, one of the issues coming up as well is going to be like that first issue where you can read it back to front. 
Oh, yeah. really? Oh, you can read like you the first. You read it from the front to get Superman's story, then read it from the back to get Batman's story. I uh, I deeply appreciate it when they play around with the format like that. No one really does it yeah, anymore. Yeah, and he's been doing it all through the story because obviously it's about like uh, film reels and like they're on like certain film mm. reels and they jump from one film reel to the other because we learned that uh, Martha Wayne has been like ferrying tech over from another world to uh, Doctor Adam, who we learn is lex luther uh, but he's lex luther from another world not one of these two worlds he's basically playing the alexander luther role where he's from a destroyed yep, he's just de- from a destroyed timeline a, a timeline that was destroyed by etrigan and oh, and sure. uh he jumped to this timeline because he knows that the auteur destroys uh film reels that aren't seen as perfect and he wants to perfect this one so they survive this kubrick ass motherfucker yeah. <laughs> every image is a painting yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's so cool, too, because, like, Gene Lu and Yang seems like he cracked the code on, like, hey, I'm going to get people to read and care about Golden Age Batman and Superman stories in the year 2021. Well, how? This is yeah, how. Yeah, I'm going to make it, like, completely, like, crazy and, like, wild and everything. And and it makes sense Outside as well. Box. That's the thing. It's, like, not a complete, like, uh, car crash. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's nuts. It it almost feels like it shouldn't work. Like yeah. I am in awe that it works and makes sense and isn't like goddamn incomprehensible. Yeah. That that dude is a gem, and I hope he keeps getting yeah. work. Oh, I I think he's going to be on this book for a while. Certainly seems that way. If uh, if everything is as strong as this first arc, then we are going to be in for a yeah. treat. Uh, had Detective Comics this yep. week. Well, we're on the Batman Superman I front did as well. Uh, continuing with the good mystery shit you know there was a zombie that showed up at the end of the last issue and we're like what the fuck is this about it wasn't a zombie it was a clay it was face. Lady clay face again time back to james tynan's run on the book uh, yeah also tying back into a day in infinite frontier where it's like wasn't she a patient there yes she was and it completely fucked up her cellular structure the gas yeah and she can't take a, a solid form anymore and that's why she ends up turning into like weird zombie creatures Mm-hmm, because she was actually the only witness for this mysterious murder of Bruce's neighbor. Yeah, who was murdered by possibly uh, Neil, who himself is murdered by Pink Eye. Yes, yeah, by some horrible Pink Eye <laughs> creature that is seeming to be taking over everyone in the city. And we actually get a cool thing where Huntress helps Batman out in this because we saw Huntress tracking other murders in the yep. backup. And so now the backups in the main mm-hmm. story are crossing over. I'm like, see, this is good. This is why you have yeah, backups. This is, this is good shit. I uh, I dug the design of Penguin's henchmen in this one too. They have like ski masks, but with I, white I, penguins. I got stuff. confused for him, and I was like, "Wait, these are these are penguins men, but they kind of dressed like Bane." I'm like, "Oh, it's meant to be like a a penguin sort of." Uh, it's like very similar to Bane's. <laughs> very much so. See, here's my thing: if I ever got to do a Batman story, I'd be like, "Okay, Penguin's henchmen. We keep the penguin mask, but they dress like longshoremen. <laughs> yeah, big sailors with yeah. little." <laughs> Yeah, with little hats and jackets and everything. Because, yeah, you know, penguins, nautical themes. Here's where it falls apart, though. Penguin's a club owner, so he couldn't have his own henchmen in his own club because they would completely clash (laughs) with, you know, the uh, dress code. They have to come in the back. Yeah, and no one's going to do criminality, you know, in a tuxedo (laughs) because that's just the problem. Like, again, you can't really fight or do shit in a tuxedo. This is this is the problem with Penguin when it comes to henchmen. Joker, Two Face, Black Mask, it all makes sense what their dress code is. For Penguin, it's difficult. Even Bane, wear a Lucia mask and some paramilitary stuff. Yeah, You're good. tank top or something. Yeah. 
tank top like that. Yeah, gotta gotta show off that we've all been lifting down at Bane's gym. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so yeah, this this book was just a lot of fun. Again, it's it's mystery. They're building a good mystery. I actually don't know what's going on, but in a good I way. I like that they're involving Bruce Wayne in the actual murder mystery. Yes, he's very involved because his murder because his neighbors keep dropping dead of mysterious murders, and he ends up becoming a suspect. I love that there's a nosy neighbor being like Bruce Wayne is acting weird, police, <laughs> and he's like, ah, shit, I'm not used to living around people who question all the weird shit I do. <laughs> yes, no officers. I didn't carry a corpse back into my place. I was I was watching a horror movie on my bitchin' sound system. <laughs> and I. I I also have to think with him being like brought up as a suspect and everything this is all just going to feed into the whole magistrate story with him being targeted yeah. as uh one of peacekeepers uh first uh victims you would think so even nakano has some mm-hmm. good stuff to do this issue i love that nakano doesn't really have any friends no. uh in the political world of gotham so he's kind of joined forces with mr worth because his daughter has been killed but mr worth's a criminal and he's impatient so you have this mayor who was a cop getting bullied by this you know construction kingpin who is a real criminal yeah, who, who openly threatens that he will you know probably yeah. break the mayor's legs if he doesn't get what he wants and- and that Nakano has to sit there and take it from yeah. him is amazing. Where it's like, dude, you were a cop once. I really want an issue that like dives into Nakano's mind after that. Like, like he's getting berated by these guys and like pushed around. He can't really do anything because he's again, he's not a cop. He can't arrest them anymore. Like nope. he's powerless. So he's like, well, what do I do? Like I met, I became mayor, so I would have power to do it, but I have no power now. I have less power than I did before. Yeah, N- Nakano is turning into a really interesting case because at first it's just like, oh, great, another politician who hates superheroes. We haven't seen this one a hundred times. But the more they keep going back to him, they keep peeling off more and more interesting mm-hmm. layers. Yeah, oh, I, yeah. again, for a character who was, he was introduced by uh, Peter Tomasi in, in his yes. run. Yeah, again, for a character who looks like he was only meant to be in that like one run, uh, really, like he's become like a really great supporting character. Heck, they're making him the linchpin both in this story and for the coming of the Magistrate and Fear State and everything. Which I was not expecting. Also, they still have a whole bunch of stuff going on like, hey, is his partner really dead or is there something going on with that? Yeah, they got a lot of different angles with that. But uh, yeah, Detective Comics is a lot of fun right now. It is, yeah. Yeah, in fact, I think someone said where it's like, man, it's been a while since like uh, both Action Comics and Detective Comics have both been really good at the They're same time. They're firing on all cylinders. They sure are. They sure, sure are. Uh, all right, I had two more. What about uh, you? What are they? I might have had them. Uh, uh, I had Titans Academy. I haven't read that one yet, no. This this is the book that broke <laughs> me, I'm not going to lie. All the cracks in this series have officially become fissures, and I think I'm done with this oh, one. Oh, no, now. really? <laughs> yeah, so so this is the continuation of, like, the Suicide Squad crossover, which, again, three issues in, and this book is already doing a crossover, which is it, a bad idea. It should idea. have waited until, like, at least issue five. Boy, it should have, because, again, there's no real main character. The only real thrust is who is Red X. But being mysterious is not a character trait. Yeah, well, and, and again, like uh, doing, like um, doing the tie-ins straight away, like we don't even know half of the, who these characters are. Like, like yeah. we need to know who these people are first. Yeah, before it's even a halfway decent mystery, it it starts stupid and it just gets dumber. So 
last issue, the Titans found out, like, oh no, we caught Red or Red Axe downloading stuff. We have a mole in our midst. What are we going to do about it? We're going to leave and go on another mission, actually, <laughs> is what we're going to do. <laughs> because we don't actually have any information. We're pretty sure that he's a student, but we don't think he's violent. We're, we're basing that on nothing, but we're pretty sure he's not. <laughs> Hey, given the red hoods uh, given the red x's past we don't b- believe he's violent <laughs> yes that's absolutely what they do so they're like we're, we're assuming that he's not violent we're gonna leave the teen titans in uh in charge while we go to markovia and it's like really guys you're gonna let the older kids watch the younger kids jesus christ you guys are bad teachers <laughs> You guys can run the class, of course you can, even though there's literally, again, a potentially dangerous mole in your midst. Uh, Crush actually gets a lot of focus in this issue because we need her to get mad at the team and leave so she can be part of that yeah, Lobo yeah, Crush miniseries. Solo series, yeah. Yeah, so we hijack a whole bunch of the book for that. <laughs> Which goddamn time well spent. I, I will admit, though, she actually lampshades something kind of hilarious, and that is like, ugh, you know, the older Titans are running us like Taskmasters, and we got a hundred new kids here. It's like no one even cares about us anymore. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you guys really got the worst <laughs> end of the stick on this Yeah, you're one. like the, 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 the middle redhead child. Like, no one yes. gives a shit about here. Like, um, uh, what's, who's that other guy that's hanging around? He's like roommates with Billy? Oh, yeah, Roundhouse. Roundhouse, no one gives a shit about him, and, you know. No, no. Wally 2 is there, Imiko is there, but they're really? all just, like, forgotten like, toys. Wally West is there? What the yes. fuck's he doing there? He's, like, meant to be, like, falling through time at the moment. This is this is where they've stuck him, so he can just hang out there. <laughs> He's not doing much of anything, and just, that's the real problem. Just with a stick. Come on, murder someone. I know, right? So, th- so the real thing was is that the Suicide Squad wanted Bolt, right? Mm-hmm. Who is the Australian member of the team who we saw in Future yep. State? They're like, "Ooh, we need to get her," and we actually learn her origin story, which is admittedly pretty fun. Apparently, she has speed because she has a Speed Force formula, which we've yeah. seen before she, in Flash her do stories, it, uh, like uh, every uh, like a like a jolt sort of thing, like where it's in yeah. short bursts and everything. For a short amount of time, they don't explain how she gets it, but it's implied that she got it from the reverse Flash somehow. Okay. Uh, she uses the power to help her parents become like major players in the Australian underworld because, <laughs> hey, if you got a kid with super speed, it's really easy to run like yep. drugs and numbers and yep. shit. Unfortunately, though, her parents piss off the wrong people and they end up cutting off her legs. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I know. I'm like, that's fucking dark and grisly for this. That's really unnecessary. So fitting but for they the need Australian to underworld, yeah. True enough. You know, it's like Animal Kingdom, the movie, not Animal Kingdom, the show. <laughs> but uh, so that's how she meets Amanda Waller, and Amanda Waller's like, okay, I'll give you these experimental like prosthetic legs, but you got to go undercover in the Titans and be my mole. So I'm like, wait, wait, wait. So Red X infiltrated them. And Bolt infiltrated them, so two people have infiltrated so the Titans far. now. That we know. Is everyone a mole? Is everyone who joined up actually a yeah, mole? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to so find the- out that, like, like Billy Batson is there because uh, he's got to unlock something from the magic or lands something. or something. I don't know. It's it, it only gets dumber because Red X is like, oh, you failed Suicide Squad. Don't worry. I'll let you in the school. For no reason, and Amanda Waller's like, yes, let's trust this person who we just met and who I don't have a bomb in their neck. Let's do it. <laughs> and then instantly Red X turns on them as quickly as he helped them 
because Red X is apparently on no one's side. And then Crush wants to murder, uh, what is it, uh, William Cobb, the Talon. And Donna Troy's like, no, you can't murder. And she's like, but I want to murder, though. Fuck you, I'm moving in with my dad. And I'm like, really? It was all over William Cobb, the Talon? He's a zombie. He's dead already. (laughs) If she wanted to kill anyone, should have killed him. So they have a completely lame reason for her wanting to leave. And that's basically the book. And I'm like, man, this I am officially not having fun with this anymore. I think the only thing... Like, just from what you've said, that would probably make me, like, really like that whole Red Hood thing is, I think I might have said it before, but, like, it's revealed that, like, there is actually no infiltrating Red Hood. It's, like, Mm. uh, a test by Nightwing and the teachers. Yeah. Well, see, I think they actually go against that now because Red X goes out of his way to talk a lot of shit about uh, Nightwing and Starfire. It could be, like, all part of the plan. He interestingly calls the other ones, oh, and the rest. Okay. Which means whatever their beef is, it's specifically with Nightwing and Starfire. Okay. It's, uh... God, what, what other dumb thing? There are so many <laughs> dumb things that happen this. But, oh, uh, so, so Superboy, right? Because he's on the squad, and, yep. well, this should be interesting, right? Because his team should want to save him. Because yep. it's like, well, why are you with the Suicide Squad? Never comes up. He looks at himself uh, in a picture one time and looks all sad on the wall, and that's oh, all we get. Oh, really? So they bungle what should have been the most interesting Which is part. really funny, because, like... Yeah, the most interesting stuff about him and, like, Peacemaker is in that Suicide Squad book. So it's like, it's yep. it, from, from what you've been saying, it sounds like it's the Teen Titans side of stuff that's kind of, like, all fucking it, all, all this tying yep, up. that's like, the problem. They, they got, like, they, they learned about it, like, two minutes before it was due or something. Sure feels that way. And they don't get Bolt either. Bolt ends up staying with the team. And I'm like, but wait, was not the whole point that the yeah. Suicide Squad had to go and recruit her because she's on the team in the future, that, well, but we don't get her. On, so we've on the Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing next. Yeah, let's recruit Swamp Thing next. <laughs> Hopefully that crossover will be better. <laughs> but yeah, so Titans Academy, oof, it is, it's dog rough. It really is. It's a shame, right? Because it's it should be such like a slam dunk yeah. concept. It's like yeah, it's it's like X Men, but with young superheroes. You got so yeah, many. Yeah, you think it would? It's literally X Men. They're in like a fucking mansion. They all have fucking powers. Yep. They're all being taught by like the the older team and everything. It makes fucking. How are you dropped the ball on that? This this series, I think, is a masterclass in how you squander a good idea because it's you introduced way too many characters. Yeah. You should have kept the cast nice and small. It should have been just the Titans to start, the Teen Titans, and then you could grow it from there. Yeah, well, yeah, do, do you think maybe they, they weren't, like, this book wasn't meant to continue or something, and it, then it, like, got popular or something? I don't know. You know what I think the problem is, too? Sheridan has never written a comic before. He's written for the DC animated TV side of things. He wrote that uh, Superman, Martian Manhunter, Lobo movie from not too long ago. Oh, no, ago. that was actually pretty good, though. It was. It was. He's not a bad writer, but this is the first comic he's ever really? written. And you can tell this is the first comic he's ever written because, again, he's having trouble with pacing and, like, spacing and everything else right there. And I think it's just too many things happening at once. I'm sure being a new writer... He's a lot easier for like editorial to bully and be like, oh well, you gotta do this crossover here, and oh, you gotta set up this spinoff, and you gotta do this, that, and the other, and they know he'll do it because he doesn't want to rock like, the boat where other writers might fight. Yeah, against again, maybe it. if he didn't have this time to deal with and like sending Crush off to do that and whatever else, like maybe it would be pretty good. 
because that feels like first writer hubris where it's like oh yeah i can totally do all of these things in my first no you can't other (laughs) writers would fight tooth and nail to not have to do it (laughs) but yeah i i feel bad for him maybe the run will get better after this i don't know but i just know there's way too many good books on the shelf right now to keep up with one that i'm not yeah fair enough yeah all right what else did you have um i don't think i actually had anything else Oh, okay. I got one last one, and I'll be really quick with it, because I already talked about it for 11 minutes in a microphone. Uh, Other History of the DC Universe 4, it's the Rene Montoya one. It's good, but it's not as good as the other three for a couple big reasons. I think one of the things I really liked about Other History is that it was this amazing feat that John Ridley found... He was able to find a through line in a three-act story for characters like Mal Duncan, Black Lightning, and Katana whose series are all chopped up and canceled and everything else, but that he was still able to find a story. The thing about Renee Montoya is her story's not chopped no, up at all. Consistent. If you want really, if you want good Renee Montoya, read nineties, Batman, read Gotham central, read the backups in Batwoman. It's all yeah, there. Read the recent Lois, uh, Lane, uh, series. That does not get covered. Really? Really? Yes, that's that does not get covered, which I was surprised about. I thought it's like, well, if you're doing everything up till now, you got to do yeah. this. The problem is, is that it's all really consistent, and it's all also excellent. Is the other thing where with all those other other histories, part of the fun too was John Ridley being like, okay, I'm going to reclaim these stories and tell you why they were actually yep. important, and I'm going to fill in the blanks and everything, and I'm going to you know do all put all this great respect on these characters with Renee Montoya. It's like, but she was already really respected, and she already had a lot of really excellent <laughs> stories and runs. You have a lot less to work with here. <laughs> Even the historical things that he has to grab from where it's like, okay, so uh, 90s, um, uh, L.A. riots, um, um, uh, 9-11, uh, Bush. Um, okay, I, I can work those in somewhere. Uh, what was really big and happening in comics at the time? Uh, Wonder Woman broke Maxwell Lord's neck? Yeah, okay, that's in there, I guess. Early 2000s. <laughs> you could tell he really struggled to try and find some of this. The best one is they actually bring back the story of Arthur Ashe, the tennis okay, player, yeah. who's like... Like, oh, yeah, he was like a – he broke the color barrier in tennis, but he's so often forgotten that's unfair. Here's the other thing. Arthur Ashe died of HIV, mm-hmm. which he got because of a botched blood transfusion and because this was, you know, early 90s, whatever. Just the specter of people thinking he was gay completely undid all the hero stuff. And obviously that ties into Montoya, yep. who's all about hiding her true self and, you know, masking it and everything. And she's like, you know, if people found out who I was, you know, would that wash away all the good work I did as a cop? Wow. <laughs> yeah, so that's basically the heart of the story. In, in many ways, it's actually one of the hardest ones to read because Montoya in this book is so deeply, like, self-loathing and self-hating and, like, so many bad things keep happening to her over and over again. It's a, It has a happy ending by the end, but this is actually probably the darkest of the other histories. Wow, wow. Well, now, now that you mention that, I will talk about another book I've read. I've, I'm, like, one page away from finishing my review on it, so I didn't want to talk about it yet. But I, I actually will talk about it because it fits in really nicely with what you're talking about. Okay. Uh, that's the new Mr. Miracle book. Oh, yeah, that's right. That launched this yeah, week, Yeah, and again, it? that's about um, uh, a black man hiding himself and uh, mm. hiding who he is, hiding his identity because of what that coming out will uh, 
will how that will affect him and what he does and everything yeah it's it's about right. shiloh norman's mr miracle from future state and he's the right, he's right. the uh what do you call it the um uh the the showboaty mr miracle and they want him to unmask himself right but he won't because not because not only just because he's african-american because he knows what that will do to the brand um but also because there's that whole idea that the mr miracle uh identity is part of the trick and and like oh, and, um, there's this they do this great parallel between him as a black man and him as mr miracle and how both of their identities oh. are a prison a prison they can never escape from oh shit yeah. huh wow that actually sounds like this see i didn't pick up that book so i'm like man it's mr miracle what could be going on in that so you're telling me there's actually oh, yeah. a lot going oh, on in this book on in that book <laughs> Okay, you might have made a sale on that one. That actually sounds pretty dope. I mean, it's it sounds, you know, horrifying from a philosophical <laughs> standpoint, but it sounds it's like really good drama yes, for it's a story. Very interesting. Yeah, huh. I'll have to check that one out then. So yeah, that's everything we read yeah. this week. So yeah, thank you everyone for coming and joining us, uh, not just in one place, but on two. All 48 people on YouTube and all 19 people on Twitch will have to keep this up because this is very fun and very cool and I'm glad we got yeah, to do I, this. Yeah, I see a lot of new faces, uh, or new in that yeah, I, yeah. Your, your YouTube name is probably different to your Twitch name. Um, exactly, but, yeah. But yes, uh, thank you everyone for coming out and uh, coming out for this new, new, new look of the show and everything. Mm-hmm. Thank you, everyone, who uh, subscribed. Thank you to A. Carter for your very generous donation. Yes. That was very nice. Uh, as always, if you're a patron, you'll be able to get the audio and video version of this before anyone else. And this one, this this is a week that this show will be put up on the yeah. channel, so you can look forward yeah, to that. we're still trying to test all that sort of stuff out. Uh, again, you know, tr bear with us on that. We're going to see how that one goes, because I keep getting conflicting information for everyone. I talked to Thorgy about it. I'm like, are you are you feeling the pinch from the longer content? He's like, no, not really. But then again, Thorgy, I think, does more longer content to begin yeah. with. So, <laughs> And thank you to Betsuman. You are the Betsuman. <laughs> So yeah, so we're gonna we're, we're gonna see how that goes. We're gonna experiment. Maybe we'll just chop up the news for a week and put it out on other channels. We'll figure it out. I even here's the thing. Uh, I actually uploaded the video version of the show to my backup channel. I'm like, well, maybe I'll just put it on the backup channels now. Maybe I'll be that guy because I wasn't like that far from being able to turn on monetization. That one, I think I need like uh, like 500 more subscribers, but only like 50 more hours of viewership. It's yep. a thing. So, like, I'm close in that. We might do that. We'll we'll see. You know, just bear with us. We'll try and keep you up to date as, as, you know, as much as we can. But, again, if you're a patron, if you can donate in any way, it means the world to us in these trying times for, you know, when YouTube kind of gets their shit together. And we promise that, you know, as long as Matt and I are together, we're going to keep trying to give you, you know, the content that you yeah, crave. Yeah, we've got, obviously, the merch store. Uh, we've got a link yeah. that should pop up every now and then on the screen of for uh, Wild Bill's uh, Soda soda yes craft soda delicious great for summertime yeah. catch catch the flavor it's good good <laughs> shit <laughs> so thank you so much everyone and we'll be back again next week see bye -bye. everyone